Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm wonderful. How are you today, David? I'm doing great. A very, uh, very interesting episode of Survivor, I thought. I mean, we had a quit, plus we had we had a pretty good challenge, I thought, uh, and, and a blindside, so all pretty, pretty good things. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was a really solid episode. I only have one very tiny complaint, but other than that... And what is I, your tiny I complaint, did. Jeff? I think they could have spent less time on the challenge on Redemption Island, but other than that... Yeah, the, I, I would say I think a third of the episode was spent on Redemption Island. And I didn't mind, I didn't mind the things that happened there, just the, the challenge in particular wasn't exactly exciting. Yeah, domino stacking, yeah. To watch people stack dominoes, but... Yeah. But hey. But yeah, I uh, thought it was a good episode. Uh, obviously a huge controversy with Colton quitting, and you have the whole thing of Jeff calling him a two-time quitter and throwing that in. Uh, we're going to be talking with uh, a former Survivor quitter, Kathy Sleckman from Survivor Micronesia, getting her thoughts about it, and I'm sure we'll talk all about the, the controversy that is Colton, uh, what he claims his quit was a strategy, and what that we'll talk about all of that as well. So we'll do that, but first we have a couple things to go over. So let's first start with our prediction game, High Low. Yes, well last week... You struck out on your high pick, which was Tyson. Not only was he not voted out, but his tribe won the challenge, and he got three confessionals. So you got three points there. I, on the other hand, uh, did not do so well. My high pick was actually John. So I did not get a point for him not being voted out. Um, His tribe did not win the challenge, but he did get four confessionals. So I I got that point. On the low pick, you picked Laura Bonham. She was not voted out, so no point there. Her tribe did win the challenge, so no point there. But she did not get any confessionals. So you ended up with a total of four points for the week. I chose Monica for my low. She was not voted out. Her tribe did win the challenge. And she also got zero confessionals. So I also got a point there. I ended up with two meaning that our total so far is David with six points and Jeff with four. I like this. But, I uh, see. I'm a big fan of an underdog story, David. Well, there's a six-point swing every single time, so it's very easy to take the lead. Right. Uh, am I first for high this time? You are first for high. Hmm. This is, uh, this is a toughie. I honestly think the loved one tribe is going to lose again. However, I don't really know who of the favorites or the you know the returning players will get lots of confessionals. But you got to go with the two points. If I get two points on each side, that would be four. So I think I'm going to go with Tyson again. I think that's a good pick. My only fear with that would be he may not get as many confessionals now that his girlfriend is in. Yeah, there is that risk. But I, I was looking. Who else is going to be getting all the confessionals from the Galang tribe? Yeah. I disagree with you. I think that Tadhan is finally going to have a win. And so I'm going to pick Brad as my high pick because I think that he will have plenty of confessionals, especially with the way that the uh, preview is looking. Yeah, I, I almost picked Brad. I was this close to picking him and I switched to Tyson. So that's It's a always really good dangerous pick. to pick someone who's so visible in the previews. Because there's always a potential for them to be voted out. For my low pick, I am going to choose... Oh, jeez, this is so difficult. Because you never know if you want to choose someone from the same tribe or a different tribe. I'm going to pick Katie. Katie, interesting. So you're doing the same tribe. tribe If her tribe does lose, she's probably the next on the chopping block. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though people have been voting for Sierra, I think they'd actually end up voting Katie out. And uh, she hasn't gotten many confessionals throughout the entire game, so I'm not too worried about her getting three. Well, because you said that, then I'm going to choose Caleb. I don't think he's going to get voted out, but I do think he won't have that many confessionals, and uh, I predict they will lose the challenge. So, two out of three. Interesting. Very very interesting. Hmm. 
I didn't know it was two varies of interesting, but I guess I'll take it. Quite interesting, (laughs) but uh, stay tuned next week. We will figure out what the results are, and if I will stay in the lead or if Jeff will jump ahead. Time will tell. So let's move on to our top five. This is where every week Jeff and I each make a list of our top five of a certain something. This week our top five is Jeff. Top five survivor combat challenges. So we just had the the sumo at sea sort of wrestling challenge this past episode, and we thought let's take a look back at the previous seasons and their challenges where you had these physical head-to-head battles between people, uh, these combat challenges, and pick our favorites. So these aren't necessarily uh, the challenge in and of itself, because sometimes these challenges are, you know, used multiple times, but it's the challenge within a specific season that we really enjoyed that we thought was great. So, Jeff, why don't you start with number five? Number five on my top five survivor combat challenges, I chose from Heroes versus. Villains, the same challenge we saw last night, the sumo challenge from Heroes vs. Villains. I thought it was great because it was it uh, signaled a turning point in the game where it looked like the heroes might finally have a chance at doing well in the game. Included some of the great, uh, great scenes such as Coach screaming uh, in glory after winning, um, after pushing someone in the water only to have victory snatched from him and be defeated in the next round because he took his hand off the bag. You've got uh, all the bragging that goes on, and really it was just a clear win for the heroes, but signified a turning point in the game where the heroes really could have taken over. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Interesting fact, Heroes vs. Villains is the season with the most combat challenges. It actually has four, which most seasons only have one. Uh, there's only, I think, one other season that had more than one, and that was Palau. So, uh, Heroes vs. Villains, they were all about, let's get these people fighting with each other. What were the other three? There was... I know, I know there's obviously the first challenge with the bags. Yes. Uh, then there was the basket brawl. Uh, that's where they're in the big water thing. And the one they... that Mike Barassi got hurt during in Samoa. Uh, well, no, there's the one in Samoa where, th- uh, there's the one where they're in, like, a basketball court, and then there's the one that they're in a basketball court in the water. Like, it's ankle or knee-deep water, oh, and they have yeah. to... I forgot they did that. So, there, there's actually four. So, Basket Brawl is actually the one in the water, and Schmergen Brawl is the, the like, basketball one. Where you're I, on I, like, I like that one. Brawl. So that that is the four in Heroes vs. Villains. But anyways, my number five also comes from Heroes vs. Villains, and it is the first uh, challenge of the season, the Battle Dig. Pretty epic challenge. I mean, you have right off the bat the heroes and the villains going at each other, people breaking uh, appendages and dislocating shoulders, people getting their tops ripped off, you know, Colby getting shut down by Coach and other things. It was it was a pretty epic challenge. I think that being on Heroes versus Villains is a curse. Because there's so many people that were hurt during that season, and you have a lot of people also who were hurt before or after that season, and then last night, Tyson pops his shoulder shoulder out. Maybe that season is just bad for injuries. Maybe it is. Well, how can you blame it when they had five challenges, or four challenges, that were physical combat? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You're number four, Jeff. My number four is the same challenge that you just listed, but on a different season from Exile Island, Mm, the bag challenge. The first season Um, that premiered in. That's the first battle dig. It was, I just thought it was a very good challenge, very solid, lots of tackling, and I remember one scene in particular where Sari just ended up getting sprawled out in the middle of the sand in Exile Island, which I thought was particularly funny because I did not like Sari at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember too many specifics, but I just remember really enjoying that challenge. I, I enjoyed it as well. It was close to making my list. Uh, I think it's a little more lighthearted and fun, so if you're if you're going for that, I, I chose the Heroes of Civilians ones because it was more epic, but it really is. Like, they start off that season in all-out war, just about it's pretty intense mm-hmm. 
My number four is one that I really, really enjoyed the concept of it. And I thought it was entertaining to watch, but obviously it could have been much better. And that was in Survivor Pearl Islands, where they had this challenge called Boarding Party. Um, and it mixed the combat with the strategy. Whereas you're trying to, there's a big like grid and you have to m make your people go from one side to the other. But if you cross paths with someone, then you have to wrestle them into the water. And then if you lose, you go back to the start. It's a really cool and I like how they added that strategy in it. The reason why it's a little lower is just because, uh, unfortunately, that was the challenge that Drake decided they were going to throw. So then Rupert and Burton sat out. And I think it would have been cooler to see like the bigger guys in and actually have more of a competition than just seeing John and Sandra get pounded into the water. No, David, I now see a flaw on my list. I wasn't even considering those set types of challenges with the combat zone. I wasn't even thinking of those when I was making my list. So my list is probably devoid of one or two that I may have put on there otherwise. I'll, I hope you forgive me. My next one is one that you've already mentioned. Heroes versus Villains. First challenge... For all the reasons that you mentioned earlier, that's just, there's so many good moments in that challenge. There's a reason that they added the, the extra 30 minutes to that premiere and basically dedicated it almost all to that challenge because that challenge is really, really long. Yeah. Um, but for good reason. I think there's a lot, a lot of good things going on there. So. My number three is the very first sumo at sea, like the challenge that we saw uh, today, but it was in Palau, and it was really cool. This is the first time we ever seen this on Survivor, like people just squaring off in like a wrestling match with with bags and everything. And you had the big epic thing of Kobe versus James, and Kobe kicking James' butt. And it was really, uh, I think it was a really cool challenge. It was the first time. It was very unique at the time, and and you had gr a great rivalry, sort of like you had with RS and Vetus this past time. For sure. My number two is the uh, introduction to Candace Woodcock slash Cody as a challenge beast, and that is in Survivor Cook Islands. The challenge, I don't even know what it's called. It's called Kicking and Screaming, Jeff. You already know what I'm going to say. It is the challenge where basically one person from each tribe has to hold on to a pole as tightly as they can, while two to three other people from the other tribe have to try to pull them off the pole and get them across the line. This was a crazy challenge because I, I think it's probably one of the most tiring challenges that Survivor's ever had because these people were, had so much... It felt like they had so much heart in this challenge because it took forever. And Candace Woodcock was a beast. At one point, she got pulled off the pole and then she, someone accidentally let her go, so she ran back and grabbed back on and uh, wouldn't let go again. And her, I believe her tribe did end up winning, but it was just a really solid challenge. Lots of kicking and uh, screaming, as the name would suggest. Yeah, really, really cool challenge. It was definitely considered trivia. What is the only other season that's had that challenge, Jeff? I, I was thinking about that. I remember it on a different season, but I can't remember what season it is, so I'm going to think about it. And I'm going to end up guessing season 18, Token Chains. Mm, token no, season 17, Gabon. Season 17, Gabon, and I know the reason that I messed it up is because I was mixing up Crystal Cox and Todd George, because those are the only two I can remember doing it. Correct, it is Survivor Gabon, kicking and screaming, yes. Uh, Survivor Token Chains had a water war challenge. Alright, my number two is uh, from Survivor China, and they had a challenge called Clear the Deck. Uh, I just loved the, the look and the concept of it. Like It was like they were on a pirate ship and they had to cross over to the other ship and knock them off. Because there was like, two, two sides with two wooden like beams connecting them. And you'd have to sort of walk over and try to push them off or meet in the middle. And it was just a really, a really cool challenge. People were into it. And I just thought it was a really cool concept and the way they did it. I have to admit, uh, that challenge probably, it, it felt like the Survivor Challenge producers gave up on that one. It ended up being a really cool challenge, but I can just see in the meeting them going, what do we do? We don't have an idea. We just have them throw each other off a dock. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's all it was. This is a very simple challenge. Get the other team in the water. <laughs> but right. it was cool like that they it. had... I love that challenge, but... 
Yeah, I really like that it also involved teamwork. You had three at once, so you had to communicate with your team and everything. Yeah. My number one challenge, I think, is quite possibly one of the best concepts for a Survivor challenge ever. Um, and again, I don't know the title. It's from Survivor Micronesia, so David probably can tell me the title. Beach Bash. I think that was what it was, if we're thinking of the same thing. Basically, you take everyone in Survivor Micronesia, add a pit of mud that's about a foot and a half deep, and then throw two bags in the middle and make them try to get the bags and take them to their other side. And you have got one really interesting challenge. I called it, in my little notes here, I called it Micronesia Football, because it really just ended up being a big football game between the people to see who could get their bags to each other's side the quickest. Mm-hmm. I specifically remember, remember one moment where one of the girls was hanging on James's neck trying to slow him down, and he basically just flips her right over his shoulder, right into the mud, and keeps walking. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a Survivor Challenge. And that was one where it may not have ended up as cool as I thought it could be, but when I heard the Jeff Probst explaining the challenge, I was really super excited, and I think it's one that they should bring back. Uh, that, that is a good one. My number one, which you probably, like you said, probably didn't think of, is I, I consider it the very first combat challenge they ever did on Survivor, and it's from Survivor Thailand, Pilfering yeah. Pirates, uh, where they had to go on these balance beams, get... A basket and bring it back but in the middle was an attack zone where you got to attack uh the other tribe and uh it was very very memorable like three to four people got kicked out of the game because <laughs> they were not in the attack zone when they attacked and you have the most memorable thing of rob with two bees choking clay <laughs> and going ah and then pushing him off and then you had the great uh thing of him impersonating it after the challenge uh but it was it was very very memorable challenge and this was the first time we had ever seen combat like this we've never actually seen tribes literally go head to head against each other physically uh and i thought it was a really amazing challenge you know as you were talking i realized something david in Survivor Samoa, in the Schmurgeon Brawl Challenge, Jeff Propes kicked Ben Browning out of the challenge, and then claimed that it was the first time that had ever been happened that had ever happened in a Survivor Challenge ever. And that's and not yet, true. He's forgetting the fact that he kicked five people out of this challenge in Survivor Thailand. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. yeah, he did. He he is definitely not the first person kicked off. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, I agree with you. That's a great challenge, and that's that's a challenge that uh, had I considered it or thought of it as a combat challenge would have definitely been in consideration for my top five. And I think even better than that challenge is Rob's imp- impersonation of Clay. Yes. After the challenge. <laughs> roar, roar, roar. Did you hear him? <laughs> Which, to be fair, is a really, really accurate interpretation <laughs> of what Clay sounds like. <laughs> so, you know... Maybe there's an acting career in Rob's future. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, so honorable mentions to the Schmurgen Brawl. We mentioned it. Uh, that was used in Samoa and Heroes vs. Villains. I thought that was uh, very cool. Yeah, and uh, there's also... The other one in Palau was called By Any Means Necessary. That was the one where he, like Jeff had this little nice mechanical lever that shot a buoy into the ocean. Oh, that was a good one. And then they and had there to... was a similar one in uh, Survivor China where there was a big ball that was rolled across a playing field. Yeah, they did that in Guatemala and uh, Philippines as well. I didn't count those in mind because the contestants weren't actually attacking each other. They were just on opposite ends of the ball. Fair. So those ones didn't quite... It's, it's all these technicalities, though. So many rules, David. So many rules. I know. But, yeah, and the, then you also have the one, like, uh, in Survivor Philippines where they have to have that, they're holding a stick that has a little idol in it, and they have to try to knock the other idol off, and, like, is that a combat challenge? Like, they're not, like, fighting, but they're trying to... That challenge is really, really good in concept, but Malcolm broke it. Yeah. <laughs> Throw him line up in the air, smack! <laughs> that, that was the best strategy. And even Jeff Probst acknowledged in an interview that, like, even the dream team hadn't thought of that, and it was just 
once what Jeff Probst once he saw Malcolm do that knew that they could never use that challenge again because it just makes it too easy. Yeah. That is our list of the top five combat challenges. Please go on our Facebook group, uh, leave us a, a comment or a, a status or something. Let us know what your favorite combat challenge is. Uh, we'd love to to hear your thoughts. And David, speaking of combat, now's probably a good time to get Kathy Sleckman on the podcast. I think it is. Uh, are you ready? Uh, David, I'm always ready to talk to Kathy. Well, that's good because here we go. Well, we are very pleased to have back the one, the only, Kathy Sleckman. Welcome back to the podcast, Kathy. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, we had such a, a great time with you last time that we knew we had to have you back this season uh, to talk about all this, the, the craziness of this season as well. So uh, let's just get your first overall opinions. What do you think of this new Blood versus Water season? Well, when I heard about it, I went, oh, God, killing the season slowly, like watching Grandma die of cancer. <laughs> Slow death. Um, it's, it's been palatable. You know, it, it's not the worst season. I put it about maybe 10 up from the bottom of okay. my list. It's, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's not as good as I think Jeff thought it would be. Uh, <laughs> well, that's pretty. It's pretty hard to meet Jeff's standards of what he thinks every season will be. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and you know the whole Rupert the Pooper thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, let it go. If I see him on next season, I swear I'm gonna throw away my buff. I'm gonna burn my buff. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been cooler to see Rupert. If he wasn't stuck in the time warp, how much cooler would it have been to see a clean-shaven Rupert with a haircut, maybe a suit and tie? You know, just, you see it and you just go, wow, that's so 11 years ago. Have you not? He tried the whole suit and tie thing when he ran for governor of Indiana. That didn't work out too well for him. I only saw him in the, a picture of him in the back of a Cadillac wearing tie-dye, waving with the same, you know, he probably had supper in his beard, and <laughs> I don't know, it, it, I just wish he'd do, he would have, if he would have done something different with his image, something different, it probably would have been more exciting to look forward to having him on the show. People would have thought he was a different person. I mean, he, you shave his beard and he can be, uh, you know, Robert or something and come on as a brand new person. Or brush his teeth, you know, or <laughs> that hypnosis, you know, something. <laughs> I met Fred and he's an awesome guy. And like I said, I always preface all of these podcasts with, I love everybody, but I'm a smart ass, okay? And I don't have a filter. And I love everybody. I don't hate anybody. This is my preface. So when I say things like that, I don't mean it mean. As a, In real life, they're awesome people. I'm talking show, okay? The show, Rupert. And, you yeah. know, I met him, and he does kind of have a halitosis problem. And when I see him kiss his wife, I just go, wow, she must have no sense of smell. She must have lost it somewhere. I don't know what it is, but it, it makes you back off about a foot or two. So you're not a fan of them bringing Rupert back. Are there any other players who you think should have uh, stayed home? Candace. Although I'm digging her run on Redemption Island. But really, Candace? Again? <laughs> what? My husband who doesn't, you know, he just the first night it's on, he watches. Now, like, when CBS released the cast, you know, I knew who was all going to be on it. So when they showed the beginning, my husband was like, when they showed, uh, is it Monica? Yeah. yeah. He's like, who the hell is that? And I go, you know, I don't really know. I think she was on One World with uh, Culpepper. He's like, wait a minute, isn't he supposed to be black? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a different Culpepper. Um, he goes, well, who the hell is that guy? Football. And my husband's a sports guy. And we had to look it up that he played for Tampa Bay or something. And uh, who else? And then when they saw Colton was on, he goes, oh, for Christ's sake, who? Oh, that asshole? <laughs> and they brought him back? So it was kind of funny getting my husband's pick on who they were all bringing back. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sierra's mom. Even I'm having trouble with her, too. She's from Samoa. Laura, yeah. Yeah. He was like, who the f You know, and he's watched every episode with me, too. But he's like, 
well, who the hell is that? <laughs> and I go, I'm having a hard time, too. I know she was with Russell. So, Kathy, if they had called you and asked you to be on the season, would your husband join you, or would you have someone else to come with you? Oh, I, a, like, like Courtney from China said, she was never, ever, ever going to do it, but they paid her the right price to come back. I really wouldn't go back, but, you know, it's just tough when you're crapping out in a jungle. It, it's, I love my toilet paper. I don't know. Uh, my husband probably would have. Yeah, I could have brought my brother Jim. He would have been a big dickhead. <laughs> I mean, if they wanted more of a character buttwad, that would have been my brother Jim. He probably could have done it. But who wants to be out there with your brother? <laughs> Not Aris and Vetus, that's for sure. Yeah, Aris, um, my, husband's like, my husband didn't even remember him. And I go, well, honey, he won. He won Exile Island. And he's like, he won? <laughs> that guy. I mean, so that's kind of how bland and boring Aris is. But I know it, when I was with Sari, I mean, she idolized him. She was like, he was the cat's pajamas. So, but yeah, my husband too with Aris. Who the hell is that guy? I go, well, he won, honey. What? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Probst, before the season started, called, called him the most boring winner. Besides Yule. Well, you know, I think... Aris, they call him the most boring winner, but I think that's why Aris won. He was on a season with people like Shane Powers and Courtney and Sari and all these other exciting and crazy people, and he won just because he was able to keep them together and not let them kill each other. Yeah. Would have been more fun if they did kill each other. <laughs> Fair. But he wouldn't have a million dollars. Oh, yeah? Well, you, Brad Culpepper. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new line when when I'm driving behind some butt head. Is, <laughs> you red call pepper. That's my go-to. All right, well, let's talk about the big thing here. What do you think about Colton and his quit? Obviously, uh, you you quit the game, and it was probably because you were literally losing your sanity. Uh, Colton quit. Uh, we'll first, we'll talk about later what he claims now in interviews and everything, but what did you think of him, you know, quitting the show and what we saw on TV? Well, I thought it was kind of lame. It was, you know, I just had somebody post on my Facebook that, oh, I just rewatched your episode where you left and you cried and I cried, you know, so we had a different editor back then and, or head producer, but uh, Colton's quit was just like watching a, I don't know, a spoiled child, not get cookies and then stomp off or, you know, knowing you can't win. So you take your ball and go home or I wish Jeff would have gotten madder at him, but he totally screwed any thoughts of any other quitters ever coming back. That's for sure. No, if you thought one day you'd see Austin or Janu, I don't think that's going to happen. now. <laughs> yeah. He totally lay, laid into Colton. I mean, I, I was, I was going to ask what you thought of him getting mad at Colton, and I kind of understand, because after all the money that they spend bringing these people out and everything, to have a quitter is pretty rough, especially with someone who was uh, supposedly quit the first time, and that would be my next question, is did you believe, do you think Colton quit the first time he played? From watching it, no, because he had the idol, he kind of was in charge, so I kind of didn't, I just think he had, like, I don't think he had appendicitis, obviously, because that is not later what we found out. But I don't know why he would have quit the first time, except that he seems kind of a spoiled. And it, it is so hard out there. It looks easy from your couch. But I think at some point he just said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't think he quit last, last season of One World. I mean, he was in a very good position. If anything... I would say maybe he has a low tolerance for pain. I mean, yeah. I mean, but I, I, I don't think he quit. Um, I, and why would the, why would the doctor, you know, allow it? You know, you, you saw in Philippines with Dana where, you know, you're not gonna die, so we can't, you know, we're not gonna evacuate you. So she had to quit, even though she was like, trembling in a corner, you know. I'll almost have hypothermia. So I, I think that since they did pull pull him, obviously it wasn't, I don't think it was a quit. Yeah, I, I struggle with it because, you know, 
with appendicitis, it's all totally like Colton's word on how much pain he was actually in. And I think I kind of agree with you on the fact that he probably just has a low tolerance for pain. I struggle with labeling it a quit, and I also struggle with labeling it a medical evacuation. Um, I just kind of float in the middle sometimes. It probably was just a big gas bubble. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I gotta tell you, you cramp up out there if you got coconuts, I'm telling you. (laughs) You do not want to be on a diet of coconuts. What'd you think of him, you know, and his whole, you know, sitting on Caleb's lap and that whole conversation between them? Okay, you know, like, I came from a small town. I didn't know any Jewish people. I didn't even see a black person until I went to boot camp when I was 19. I didn't know any gay people or that I knew, as Chet says, were gay. They probably were. You just didn't know it. I was raised Catholic the whole nine yards. I had a hard time watching. I just, and it's nothing that I do on purpose. It's just an uncomfortableness of something I'm not used to. So, you know, I'm just glad they didn't, like, make out. Or, I don't know. It, I got no problems with that. I really don't. Chet, I adore him. But, like, when I go visit Chet, him and Bob don't make out. And, like, when Rick and I are there, we don't make out in front of them either. You know, so it's, I don't know. It was it was uncomfortable. I looked away because I didn't know what was coming. And I know that it's just me being just, you know, my quirk. Yeah, so, I... Th- I think it would have been really awkward for the person who was sitting right next to Caleb. So you have half of of Colton sort of leaning on you, and you're just like, what do I do in this situation? Yeah, I mean, if the tongues would have come out, I, you know, I, uh You just sort of push them. The boundaries, I think we're crossing the boundaries of gay and straight here. I'm pretty sure if anyone started just making out next to me, I'd be intensely uncomfortable. <laughs> kind of, Yeah. And, and like I said, oh, I'm going to get so many people going, lesbian like I got from Penner, lesbian hater. I'm like, I don't hate anybody. I just don't get it. And I'm, half, you know, I'm so bad at explaining this. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I just, Caleb reminds me of like a good old southern farmer boy. And I, you know, you think of him with Colton, the, the epitome of, I don't know, a spoiled, rotten brat child and you go what what i don't understand the attraction yeah but it could be something that i don't want to be comfortable with with the attraction i don't know if they're in the lusty phase i have no idea (laughs) no i think like and i i have no problems whatsoever with you know any of that any homosexuality or anything and it still baffles me that those two are together so it it has it's not that I'm baffled why anybody would be married to Brad Culpepper, too, and he's a straight guy, so I'm baffled by that, too. <laughs> he so. was an NFL player. He's super rich. He can't be that rich. Tampa Bay, come on. <laughs> My husband didn't even know who the hell he was. He thought he was supposed to be black. Well, he's yeah, he's he's still working now. He's a lawyer, so, I mean, it's not like he, he just retired on all his football money. Monica seems sweet, but she reminded me of the brunette Tracy. You know, the fake boobs, the... I don't know, certain image. Man, to put up with that guy, geez Louise. So let's talk about Colton in his interviews has said that this was, you know, part of a strategy and he wasn't just quitting because he wasn't going to win, but he was trying to help Caleb go farther and he thought the best way to do that would be to quit because, first of all, he knew if he got to Redemption Island, Caleb would switch with him without even, you know, offering up. Colton's opinion. He would just automatically do it. So he wanted to avoid that, and he also, you know, thought that with him being gone, that put less pressure on Caleb and took a target off him. So the the real question is, everyone's like, yeah, that sounds nice, but is that something that you've had three months to prepare since you've been off the island, or is that really what he was thinking when he quit? What are your opinions? Well, he thought when the game started they were going to be together. Yeah. I mean, they had no clue that it, they were going to be separated like that. So he wouldn't even have had time to prepare to think, like, oh, we're not going to be playing together and we can switch places. I mean, he had no clue till the first day. He would make a real good politician, I'm telling you. I mean, I read the article where he said that, too, that, oh, Caleb's my hero and he totally would have taken my place. And then I'm looking at Caleb sitting on that bench at the arena going, I don't think he would have, man. I would have think, I don't know if he would have traded places. I didn't picture him being a Rupert type. 
Um, I thought he was a little smarter than that. <laughs> so if I was on a jury in a court of law, uh, Colton's story would have given me some doubt because he did really nail it like that's the reason why he did it to save Caleb so Caleb didn't have to worry about me and he would have taken my place and oh the married couples they have two chances to win the money and it all goes in the same place because which, which is true your husband wife wins it duh it stays in your family you know Caleb or Colton wins it it's supposed to be separate you're not supposed to have a deal to split it uh, same with Hayden and Kat, you know. Would she get it? Would he get it? They're not married. So it sounded good, but I might have to call... <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it's. it sounds like something that was made up after the, uh, after the fact. Now, if that were the actual reason, I don't think it was a very good strategy because I think people understand the fact that it's going to go to the same bank account and are less likely to vote for Caleb in the final tribal council because Colton's a quitter and they don't want someone who quit to get the money. So I think it would have been better had Colton gotten voted out and then convinced Caleb to stay. Yeah, I, I think there may have been inklings of it when he actually quit, but I don't think it was all that planned out and well thought out as you know he has now. And I think, and part of that thing was, uh, I think it was even with with Rob's sister Nina when he was interviewing him. He Rob asked, "Well, why didn't you just wait to get voted off and then quit when you go to the duel instead of letting you know Caleb switch your place if that's what you're worried about?" And he's like, "Well, I didn't really think of that, but uh, you know, why why starve myself for three more days if the result's going to be the same?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's." See now that's different. Like now you're putting in the fact that you did you did sort of just want to quit because you didn't like you know being there. Because he wanted cake. Yeah. <laughs> and he wanted to hang out with Rupert. <laughs> oh, for thirty six days. Can I you think of a better thing to do with your time? He should give Rupert a makeover while he was in Loser Lodge. <laughs> just while Rupert's sleeping, go and shave his beard off. <laughs> hey, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> and then I loved how Rachel was uh, over on Redemption Island saying, don't quit, Colton, because Rachel really doesn't want to spend 36 days with Rupert, but she especially doesn't want to spend 36 days with Rupert and Colton. <laughs> yeah, you know, Rachel, I probably by next season won't remember her. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are some of them that I'm just not, that's probably one of them already. You know, like you said, I barely remembered Monica. Yeah. Barely remembered Laura. What do you think of bringing Redemption Island back and this whole uh, thing? I think it sucks. I, you know, <laughs> I get how they're trying to do it because they want to keep people on the show longer. That they think. I think they were hoping to set it all up for Rupert again, or Poopert, or Rupert, whatever you want to call him. I think they were setting it up that in case he ever got voted off, he could stay on the show longer. I think. They thought he'd go on a challenge winning streak, although I don't know why. I don't think he's ever won a lot of challenges. So in by thinking that, I think it fails because that's no reason to bring that back. Because as soon as you get back into a tribe, they vote you out again. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do to make that different. I Every time they have that redemption island, as soon as somebody comes back, they vote them out. Because, of course, you've been away for so long. You come in, you're the outsider, you're voted off, easy vote off. So you go through all that crap and have to sit and watch that, and you don't get to see reward challenges. And you got to watch these people that have been voted out go through this crap, and as soon as they get back into the tribe, boom, they're voted out. Yeah, I, I like. I, I, I've never been a big fan of Redemption Island, but I like it better this season than I did on the previous two seasons. I, I like the whole switching with your family member thing, and like you, you vote Rachel out because Colton or because Tyson may switch with her. Like that's sort of interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I get that, but you know, Brian Culpepper is a dumbass. I mean, he's just, <laughs> like I said, he's playing a Joel game, Truck Troy, whatever you want. He's playing the same game Joel did, and you saw how far that got him. Yeah, too aggressive. Uh about two more episodes, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, see, then, then you should like Redemption Island because that's just the time where everyone gets to bash Brad and just say horrible things about him. 
That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's well. I was thinking about this last episode. You know, everyone was saying they should have voted off Brad or whatever. But I thought it was a really smart move for them to not vote off Brad because whenever they go to to Redemption Island, he's the only one who gets talked about. So he's a really, really good vest to to wear over the tribe and just have him take the blame for everything. Well, which is true, which is deserved, which now he's just <laughs> this guy alliance, which now he's put a target on himself, which he's made his tribe completely weak now, and if he ever thought Gervais would trade places with Marissa, I mean, <laughs> that's not coming a mile away, and uh, poor Gervais, I mean, talk about digging up a mummy from Tut's tomb and putting it on the show. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you have someone who can't, still can't swim. It's 11 years later and he still hasn't learned how to swim. Well, it's 13 <laughs> years later. 13 years later. Okay, I, and I'm not trying to be stereotypical here. Pardon me. But, you know, sometimes I think stereotypes, they're there for a reason, you know? And even in boot camp, there was this one guy, I swear to God, he went off the diving board just right to the bottom of the pool. I mean, he could not pass in boot camp the Navy swim test. I mean, we had to literally jump in and say, and, and no matter, it's like, you, Suri had trouble swimming. She even took swimming lessons and stuff. And we were when we were walking back and forth from the island, she's like, you know, it was over her head. She, she couldn't swim. I'm not saying, I don't remember seeing a limp. Olympians? Well, I don't know what it is. I I don't know why Gervais still can't swim, or that Austin couldn't swim. I don't get it. Here's a question for you. Now that uh, now that John has officially joined Candace on Redemption Island, do we th- do you think we will be having a survivor baby uh, being made on Redemption Island? Quite literally, a survivor baby. Uh no, no. <laughs> It's nasty. You're nasty out there, and I know they're husband-wife, and I suppose if that's what trips their trigger, but you always have the night cams on you. You don't know when they're running. They set up the little red light things for the night cams, and if they don't know by now that they're being filmed, like, all the time, they literally just set up a camera with the night vision on you, and, I mean, if they're into, you know, porn, I guess, but you'd just be giving the camera guys a show, so... I think they have a little more respect. Yeah, you think it's got to be a little awkward also for Marissa now. (laughs) Uh, Unless, yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, when Ozzy and Amanda did, I don't know why they think that other people can't hear them or, and you are nasty. I mean, you're nasty. (laughs) So, I mean, it's not like you have Cottonelle Fresh Wipes or anything. You're just like nasty out there. So, no, I don't think there'll be any babies. I think they're a little too respectable for that, I think. Uh, we've seen the Galong tribe kind of be the peace tribe, the love tribe, uh, especially with Colton, you know, wanting to cause chaos. Who do you think is actually in control, and how are they doing such a good job at keeping it seemingly peaceful? Well, like they said, they're more mature. You know, even on our lap, me, Chet, you know, you don't, like drama once you get older you don't like drama we had so much drama that i wanted to like stab people and i just was like why are you doing this so they're older and more mature because when you get old ain't nobody got time for that you know what i mean no it's they're more peaceful because they're older and they've done it before and they realize the drama is just it's retarded it's draining it's and i think colton thrives on drama you know, that's what I think is like his cup of coffee. And I think Aris is in charge. Or Addis. <laughs> I think he's in charge. And all the times they say, no, I'm not, I'm not. Of course you are. Uh, Brad Culpepper, you know, I'm not in charge. And, you know, you're, you have no self-awareness. <laughs> I have to admit, my favorite confessional from this episode was uh, Brad Culpepper's confessional right after Redemption Island that I'm in charge, but nobody knows it. <laughs> and it just made me laugh because every, he just got lambasted for, you know, <laughs> half an hour because everyone knew it. Maybe they, they have to, when you apply, if you have no self-awareness of who or what you are, you automatically get on the show. I don't know. 
What uh, What do you think of Tyson? We actually saw emotions from him, which we didn't see the past uh, two times he's played. I, and he probably had emotions the last two times. They probably just edited out. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you can't be on that island and not cry. I don't care who you are. You're going to cry at some point, whether you go off in the woods into the jungle and do it yourself. He Maybe he did cry. We just never saw it. I'm not seeing the funny. I'm wanting more funny than just a cupcake belt, okay? I mean, <laughs> are, you, are you saying that you don't want to lick Tyson's cupcake belt? Oh, yeah, no. No, <laughs> don't want to. If he had cupcake nipples, maybe. <laughs> but I need more funny than a cupcake belt buckle. Yeah, I'm just hoping his injury won't, you know, make him lose the game. I think he can still recover from it, but I I think I need more funny. So in order for that to happen, he has to stay longer. And now, hopefully, we shouldn't see the emotion because, you know, Rachel's already out. So he can go back to being funny Tyson. All right, well, you could, we can hope. Yeah. Otherwise, what is he? He's just being a lump. With a, a with lump. a broken arm. <laughs> yeah, one arm lump. And so you better bring the funny. Speaking of a broken arm, we got a classic Survivor Challenge that Brad Culpepper really, really, really wanted to play. Uh, what did you think of the challenge? I would have preferred that they all fell in a big pit of mud like they did on... Heroes versus villains, wasn't that with Randy and all yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, I like people who look like they're covered in crap. <laughs> you know, it was okay, you know, it's just a bumping, bumping, uh, it's an okay challenge. What do you think of the mothers completely kicking their daughter's butt? Go old people. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> the whippersnappers wanting us boomers to, you know, die. <laughs> We can still give it to you. <laughs> All right, Aris or Vetus, who are you rooting for when they went head-to-head? Ah, uh, Vetus. Only because he's got a better story. I was going to say, I think that cheap shot is going to be kind of a, uh, maybe foreshadowing for what's going to happen later in the game. I think he might stab his brother in the back if it behooves him. Well, that's what brothers do. I mean, I had a butthead brother, too. Beat the crap out of me all the time. You know, that's just what brothers do. Well, that's just story better. You know, the addict, come clean, jail, mm-hmm. you know, trying to better, you know, just a better story. Yeah, and then ours is the golden child, so. Right, yeah. you know. And I the, like the underdogs. So, we, we talked about it. John went home. Where do you think he went wrong in the game? What did John, how did John screw up? With the idol thingy, yeah. I think. Which is stupid, because it used to be when you had an idol, you didn't tell anybody. Nobody had to know. I mean, now with them giving clues out right in front of everybody, that's just bad. And then now it seems everybody's got to share the idol. That that just kind of blows. You know, I liked it better when it was secret, secret, and don't tell anybody, and let's see if we can hide it. And Well, it is- yeah, I, I was thinking about it. I don't know that anyone's ever kept... The idol, 100% secret. The only example I can think of is Sandra in Heroes vs. Villains, and she only had it for, like, a day. Right. I mean, it's just more fun that way. Right. I agree when they tell less people. But, yeah, I couldn't think of many people who actually do that. And it seems smarter. Amanda did it that on our season when she was digging, digging, and she told them I don't have it, emptied the bag, and then she, you know, dug. I... They kind of made it seem like she didn't tell anybody that she did find it before Tribal. Yeah. But that was, you know, it was a secret for like an hour. Yeah, right. well, and in this scenario, since everyone knows you have a clue, you sort of have, you're not sort of able to keep a secret. You have to tell them, otherwise it's just going to put a bigger target on your back. And I think that's what John did wrong. First, he didn't share it with his alliance. And then this episode, he, he shares the, the second clue with, with Brad, but then he's like, no, 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 you go away. I can find it. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> but I think he was only doing that so that you, Brad Culpepper, could just go back and keep the other ones occupied while he looked kind of as a ruse. I don't think he meant it like, oh, I'm going to find it and not share it with you, because otherwise why would he have shared the clues? Yeah. I, but as we, as we know, Brad Culpepper is the master of tact. <laughs> <laughs> and probably un- did not understand that subtle, subtle difference there. 
Can you imagine if he was like your gynecologist? Oh, it would be terrible. <laughs> I cannot, literally cannot imagine that. <laughs> I did not tell you to spread your legs. I'm in charge. Yeah. No, so I think, I don't think John meant it mean. I think he just was like, go keep the others occupied and I'll go look for it. Because if we both go together, they're going to know something's up. So, yeah. unless you're getting called away for an interview... You really are hanging all out together, unless, of course, you got to go take a dookie, you know. <laughs> so if you just wander off by yourself for a really long time, then people get suspicious. So I think he would, he's pissed now. And, you know, may, I, I think Marissa might be going home because now Candace seems to be on a roll on redemption. And it'd be kind of tough, like, if I was on redemption and my husband and we were battling. And ultimately I, only one can go, even go back in the game. I know. And who's going to switch places with them? Well, I was thinking, you know, whoever wins first place in the duel gets to give a clue away. Who do you think John and Candace, if either of them win, are going to give their idol clue to? So Candace can't give it to John just so nobody else gets it? Yeah, well, I don't think Candace is allowed to give it to John. I think you have to give it to someone left in the game. Oh, that would suck. I'd just say I'm still going to give it to my husband so nobody else can have it. <laughs> and they're like, you have to give it to someone in the game. <laughs> yeah, Candace, who is she even friends with? No one. <laughs> I know. She's no. pissed they all voted her off right when they got there. And the other I, tribe voted her husband off. She hates everyone. <laughs> I know. I would probably, if I were in her position, end up giving it to uh, someone who I knew like couldn't even use it, like Jervis. Or you know, someone who I don't really expect to exactly use it to the best of their ability. Now, CBS, for the next show with their promo, they put out that someone refuses. I mean, so this isn't even a spoiler. This is CBS has released this as their promo for the next show that whoever gets it turns it down. So I can't even imagine who, who they'd give it to that would turn it down unless John wins and... He gives it to you, Brad Culpepper. But I don't think that's going to happen. I could see certain people turning it down. Maybe even like Aris or Tina who don't want the target on them. So they're like, oh, no, no thanks. I don't want it. Give I it bet. to someone who else so then we can I, vote I them bet. out. I bet, David, I bet you're right because that, you know, Aris and Tina are the ones who are most directly benefiting from the tribe, you know, not being chaotic at all. And so if one of them t gets it, it would add an extra, you know, it would, it would you know, add a drop in the bucket to that tribe, and it could cause something to erupt. So I bet that you're right, it's one of them. Yeah. I would give it to Sierra, I think. Just because, you know, when you see her, like, a tribal, she just looks like Droopy Dog. Like, she doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah, I would give it to one of, one of the two females on, on the uh, Loved Ones tribe, because then they can potentially turn the game around. Right. And they can vote Brad out with it, you know. But. You mean... You Brad Culpepper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why isn't he black? Wrong Culpepper. Uh, do you think it was smart for the tribe to vote John out? No, not at all. I thought it was like D-U-M dumb. Um, they haven't won a challenge yet, you know, and, and that's something even from our season. You got to keep the beginning part. You got to be keep it strong. You get very disheartened when you keep losing and you have to keep going to tribal and he's yeah. just chunking away at the good people so no i mean i thought it was dumb this was not the time to get rid of him no i mean oh he could get back with candace i mean you're talking <laughs> like 10 days from now or that was just dumb yeah i agree i think they needed to keep their strength longer keep your your alliance intact a little longer and I think it would benefit him in multiple ways. Now, he just he got rid of a strong person, so they're going to be weaker in challenges. And he's just uh, pissed another person off, so now we can even have more of a bash session, session at the next Redemption Island. Yeah, I, I think it was, like, I think it was, I agree, it was pretty dumb to vote off John compared to one of the two girls. But I think that it was even dumber to tell the girls that you were going to vote John off, because then that would have potentially given them the, uh, the ability to turn the game around. You know, if they were to go to John and say something, all that they would need is one more person to vote off Brad or any of the other guys. Yeah. I think it should have been, a, like, just the four guys voting, but Brad wanted it to be the girls, too, for some reason. But I gotta tell you, when you're out there 
and it gets down to brass tacks, and you just know that the target's off you, you kind of go along with whatever's going to go on because it's like Sandra always says, as long as it ain't me. You mm-hmm. know, so for then the girls to go, oh, but now we should go to Hayden and to John and get them to turn on Brad. You know, sometimes you're just relieved it's not on you anymore. You just go, whoo, okay. Well, and, and sometimes you do that to the wrong person, and then they'll turn it back on you. Yeah, that's fair. Kathy, any other thoughts from this episode or season so far? Just that I'm kind of sad now that I'm in the same group as Colton. <laughs> uh, we mean, should also mention that you were in People Magazine uh, this past week. I know, I loved it. Eric had a chance to draw me with a missing finger, and he blew it. He just <laughs> blew it, you know? I've been getting a lot of like, hey, that can't be you. All your fingers are there. So <laughs> that's always makes me laugh. For those who don't know, uh, in Stephen Fishback's blog post, Eric Reichenbach drew him a picture of all the ghosts of Survivor Quitters past, and Kathy is one of them. And it says, uh, Crazy Kathy says you suck. <laughs> I know. How awesome <laughs> is that? You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, he's a gay guy, so I'm sure he does. But I, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we thank you so much for coming on and talking with us, Kathy. Before we let you go, we have a game that we want to play with you if you're up for it. I'm always up for games, mister. All right. This is a game I think you're going to enjoy. It's called Say Anything. So, literally, I'll ask you a question and you get to say anything. To be fair, Kathy, this game was vetoed by my original, or this game uh, took the place of my original suggestion, which was Kiss Rupert. Ew! (laughs) You walked out with like half a chicken leg or something. (laughs) See, come back to that. (laughs) All right, so let's get on. First question: What's the dumbest thing to try to do in the dark? Uh, Well, I thought it was going to be survivor related. Read a book. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, what would be the worst place to wake up? In an outhouse. Ugh. In a turned-over outhouse. Well, like in the tank part of the outhouse. <laughs> uh, which former survivor would be most difficult to have as an in-law? Colton. <laughs> I'd have to agree with you there. <laughs> I think you knew that was going to be my answer. <laughs> He'd be telling me my... Colton couldn't be an in-law. He'd be telling me my shoes didn't match. He'd be, get it together, bitch. You know, I don't know. I just... That's bad. What would be the dumbest thing to say in a job interview? That you don't give a crap what the interviewer thinks about you. If you could train a monkey to do anything, what would it be? To light my cigarettes for me. (laughs) There you go. You just hold it out, and it comes right up, and, and it'd lights it up. would be awesome to have a smoking monkey that brings my smokes and lights them for me. That'd be awesome. <laughs> there you go. Wh- which former survivor would make the best prom date? Oh, my gosh. I'm going with Bob. Survivor Bob, because he can dance. And he'll have a nice spiffy bow tie on? He would. An alien ship landed on Earth. What should we do? Really? That's it? That's your question? That's the question. What should we do? (laughs) Oh my god. Send it to McDonald's? Uh, (laughs) Have them meet Russell Hans? (laughs) Then they'd probably leave. Russell Hans is our governmental defense system against aliens. He is. (laughs) Who would be the weirdest survivor couple ever? Russell Hans and Sandra. Oh. <laughs> that would not be a, a marriage that lasts long. <laughs> I was going to say, I would not want to live in the apartment next to them. <laughs> Johnny Fairplay and Colton. <laughs> which, which former survivor should never be allowed to rap? Yao Man. <laughs> <laughs> he would be getting his R's and his L's all mis- mixed up. Uh, Sali, Sali, Rapachari. You know. <laughs> all right. Final question, what does an ostrich think about when its head is in the sand? Who's going to come up behind it and do it in the butt? <laughs> that, are you 
drugs coming up with these or what? I mean, if my head was in the sand, that you're, you're, you're adding me into this. David does this part on his own. <laughs> oh, David, okay. Yeah, don't blame like, me. It's like you're putting words together randomly <laughs> and putting a question mark at the end of it. Yeah, I'd be worried if, you know, some farmer or sheep herder was going to come up, or some Greek guy was going to come up behind me and oh. <laughs> pressure themselves. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your, your wonderful answers, Kathy. You always manage to be the life of the party here on the podcast, and we, we truly appreciate you coming on. Well, I have one question for you guys. Oh, go for it. Did all of this quitting start something? It seems like every season there are people that quit. Is it because casting's not doing a good job, or is it just because now, you know, it's easier to quit? I think it's partly because of, I mean, casting has to know to some degree, you know, who who is can quit and who maybe won't. Because there's always a couple girls every season that Jeff Probst and other people are like, I don't know if they'll be able to make it. If that's the case, why are you, why are you getting putting them on the show? I mean, so I think part of it is is casting where they'd they'd rather bring a compelling character or a good looking person and take the risk whether or not they'll quit. And and the other part is I just think people it's not as sacred of a, as a, it's not as sacred of a thing anymore to be on Survivor. Like at the beginning of the the show. It was a, a huge deal to be on Survivor. Now it's just like, oh, I'm on a reality show, and I don't think people treasure it as much as they used to. That could be. Yeah, I was going to say almost almost the same thing that David did, where well, it was real, I think it was hard for the first person to ever quit, like for them to think about ever doing that. But after that, it's been, I think, pretty pretty easy to quit, especially more recently, because like David said, people on Survivor aren't famous anymore with the exception of, you know, within the Survivor community. So there's not as much shame. And, uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. And, you know, Survivor's not even breaking. They used to always be in the top 10, top 20. They're not even breaking it, man. Well, they're still at the top of their night, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, they're not doing particularly well in terms of overall overall ratings. Yeah, because it used to be, like, a constant 11 million viewers now it's like down to nine I and they did hit 10 this last episode for the first did? time in like an entire season yeah they haven't had 10 million viewers since i think the beginning of season 25 so that was a pretty big deal okay because you know they keep bringing back these old people old people the whole rupert thing i think my husband too was like i don't want what is this number five what is this i don't <laughs> want to see him again number so. five's next season kathy yeah <laughs> <laughs> And the next, yeah. and the next, and then he's going to host. Just, uh... Oh, don't even say that. Jeff Probst might hear you. I, you know, he'll be the co-host. <laughs> that actually would make me stop watching him. I don't think can I... Can you imagine, imagine, like, him trying to commentate on a challenge? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. So, I mean, I just wish he wouldn't have done the whole tie-dye beard thing again. It would have been, you know, something new, something matured, something different. So I kind of was glad he was the first to go because yeah. I didn't want to sit and see all that again. Yeah, I think with Colton and Rupert both gone, it will give other people a chance to, to shine and be focused. I mean, if we got Brad out, then you'd be losing all the big characters that steal all the confessionals and then we can actually hear from everyone maybe we'll get more witty tyson comments and and hear from other people so i think it's good that both rupert and and colton are gone because they're two of the scene stealers right and i want to hear more dumb things come out of cat's mouth yeah yeah she's been invisible this anything yeah this season other than uh, her yelling at at colton in that one challenge i that, i know so i don't know if that means she stays longer, she's longer lasting, because you know how the editing goes. You don't hear much of somebody. That means they're getting it later on in the show. Yeah. But uh, I want to hear stupid stuff. 
All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on, Kathy. We've really enjoyed it, and uh, have a great night. And we will be sure to be have you on the podcast again some other time. Well, it's been a real pleasure, <laughs> Dave and Buckbed guy. <laughs> <laughs> For context on that joke, see our previous Kathy Sledman podcast. <laughs> well, you guys have a great night. Yeah, you too, Kathy. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, there was the one and only Kathy Sleckman. Uh Such a, a blast talking to her. Yeah, we have a good time. Be sure to listen to us next week because we're going to be talking to a Big Brother contestant, Adam Potch from... Sir, uh, Big Brother 13. 13, yes, Big Brother 13, and he's rooting for Hayden, we're going to be talking and seeing what he thinks of how he's playing Survivor so far, so it should be great to hear from him and get a Big Brother perspective on a Big Brother playing Survivor. Absolutely, so make sure that you check us out on our Facebook page, David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast, and at our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. Plus, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Just find, look up David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast and hit subscribe. We thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.